Yeah, we had the opportunity to uh, visit with Reese and Madison at District Council, and uh, what an incredible story of redemption and God's calling up on his life. It's just incredible, incredible. And I was going to have you pray for your pastors, but you've already done that. Thank you for leading us in prayer for your pastors. We love Pastor Joe and Missy. Do you call her Missy or Melissa? Missy, Missy okay. Because that's, kind of, that's how we refer to her. So I just want to make sure I wasn't being disrespectful. We love them. And I'm so glad they've taken some time to get away. And uh, I'm going to challenge Pastor Joe. I don't know if he's the one that used the term sabbatical or not. But a sabbatical is longer than two weeks or two and a half weeks. Now, we need to get him to take a true sabbatical, which is about four to five weeks. Uh, not right now. He's coming back. But anyway... I just want to encourage you, we're actually, what we're finding is that pastors that every seven years or so will take a sabbatical have longevity at the church. And not just longevity, their ministry is more effective and more fruitful because they've taken time to let the Holy Spirit replenish them. And unless you've pastored, Unless you've pastored, you, you just can't understand the weight and the spiritual warfare and the burden and everything that goes with that. So uh, love your pastors. And I know you've got a great staff as well. So uh, God bless you. You know, um, I, sometimes I forget that uh, when people see us, they see us not as pastors and now as the assistant superintendent. Just so you'll know, I'm common like everybody else. When we pulled up, before I got out of the car, my wife was trimming the nose hair out of my nose and my ears. That's pretty down to earth, isn't it? So uh, actually, I want you to meet my, my wonderful bride of 39 years. Uh, uh, I'm married way above myself, and uh, I'm so grateful that it's Cindy. Would you stand up and greet everyone? This is Cindy. As we were in worship today, the Lord had me, um, asked me to do something I've never done at a church before, but when we were pastoring, um, I was able to inherit something that my dad did for years, and it was little spots on the radio, and it was advertisements for our church, so to speak, but I was able to give a little word, and it went something like this, because my dad always taught me, people can't see you over the radio, but they can hear a smile. So when I would record, I would smile because, uh, you know, it brightens the voice a little bit, right? And I would say promises, God's promises, he makes them and he keeps them. And I'm doing that for you today because promises, God's promises. He says that you're going to complete what is next door. Promises, God's promises. With God, all things are possible. And that that will be filled with buildings. It will be filled with people because you are filled with the glory of God. He appreciates the facts that you have welcomed in the Holy Spirit and that you carry an anointing that is needed beyond these four walls and beyond the walls that will be built on this property. But I say it will happen because promises, God's promises, he makes them and he keeps them. And then I would end it with, come and visit us, 2700 Northland Drive. I'm Pastor Bell's wife, Cindy, and I would like to meet you. And I end it with, TLC, come and visit us this next Sunday. 
at, and what's the, what's the address? 1535 North Beltline Road. We'll see you this Sunday, and I would love to meet you. Thank you, Cindy. Can you tell this is a woman full of the Spirit? Really, she is. I'm so thankful for Cindy's personal relationship with Jesus. We have five children, five adult children, uh, twin girls that are uh, 33 years old now, then three boys. I thought about Joe and, and uh, Pat, Missy having four girls. I'm sure growing up with four girls or raising four girls is totally different, being the only man in the family. He, he probably, I know he prayed these son-in-laws into his family. We know that, right? And, uh, but raising, we had three boys, and raising boys is different than raising girls. For example, I bet you never had this happen at your house. We came home one day, and our three boys were outside. They had uh, made some bow and arrows, and they'd taken paper towels and wrapped around the end of the arrows, and they were dipping them in gasoline and lighting them on fire <laughs> and shooting them towards the fence. I said, boys, <laughs> try not to appear panicked. What are you doing? Just as innocently as they could, they say, Dad, we don't know what's wrong, but these arrows, the fire keeps going out before it hits the fence. <laughs> and I'll tell you, at that moment, I had a vision in my mind. There were angels flying with those arrows going. Because <laughs> if those arrows would have hit the fence, when the fire going, the whole neighborhood would have gone down. Did, that, did anything like that ever happen at your house? No. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Listen, I, um, I, I know the Lord has a word for you today. And uh, initially, Pastor Joe said he wanted me to speak on missions. I love missions. Thank you for being a missions church, for loving our missionaries. And I, I, I never, never tire of preaching on missions. But actually, I felt stirred to do something different today. And uh, just a couple of days ago, Pastor Joe, I saw them down at General Council, by the way. And uh, they're looking good. They're looking good. But he said, listen, you preach on whatever you want to. And I said, that's just incredible. Thank you, Pastor. And so I have a message today, spiritual authority. We're going to talk about spiritual authority and territory. Your spiritual authority and your territory. So uh, let me just say one more thing. We were, general counsel was phenomenal. The worship was phenomenal. We're, we're in this room with several thousand people, and the worship team led us into the presence of God. It was powerful. Can I tell you what we experienced this morning in worship was just as powerful that being in a room with all those people and those what we might consider high-level worship leaders, listen, don't ever take for granted what happened this morning. I just, can you just show the worship team how much you appreciate them? Thank you for leading us. Thank you for leading us in the presence of the Lord. I actually was a worship leader for 15 years, and it's not something I signed up for. It's something God put me in, and I'm not complaining. It was wonderful, but uh, because I'd led worship for so many years, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a critique. I'm not a critic of worship uh, teams, but it's easy to tell those when they lead if they've been in the secret place with the Lord and when they haven't. And it's easy to tell when it's just more performance-based or more spirit-led. Spirit and I'm just telling you today, what I sense, this is a spirit-led group and that they know what it is to get in the secret place and seek Jesus. 
So uh, you, you're, you're blessed by this worship team. So it was, uh, it was Christmas, Christmas season. We'd had all of our uh, family in and uh, with these uh, five kids and married and grandkids. There's a whole slew of people when it comes to Christmas and holidays. And, you know, somebody asked me, is it, what's it like when all your grandkids come over? I said, it is phenomenal for the first 15 minutes. <laughs> You know, uh, we have nine grandchildren now, and they're uh, six and under. And so um, it's, it's incredible. It is. But we'd had the family in, and, and we went through Christmas. And a couple days after Christmas, we were getting on an airplane to go to Africa because we had uh, committed to go to Africa to minister with the ministry there. And uh, I don't know, ladies, you can identify with this. When you've had people in your house 24 hours a day for several days, Christmas on top of that, and all the things that go along with Christmas, which are great, but are you exhausted when that's over, typically? You're exhausted, right? What did someone say? I've seen the lights of Rome, Paris, I've seen the lights of Rome, but the most beautiful lights I've seen are the tail lights of my children when they take the grandkids home. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know why I said that, but anyway... Cindy was exhausted. I mean, I was tired, but uh, she has the gift of hospitality. It really is phenomenal. And, and Cindy has this, uh, this thing in her, which is incredible. When we all get together, we never eat on paper plates or plastic forks. If you do, that's fine. No condemnation. But she's like, listen, we don't get together all that often, and we're just going to do it all out. And so, uh, but the cleanup of that, it takes time. And so she was exhausted. She was spent. I was tired. We get on the plane. We're leading a group to Uganda, Africa. And uh, as we get on the plane to leave, Cindy is, um, she's just not emotionally or mentally spent. Uh, She's just drained. And she's not happy with me for scheduling this trip. Now, what's interesting about that is that uh, the only reason we're going on this trip is because of the connection she made with the ministry in Africa. It was uh, the connection the Lord made through her that we were going on this trip. But here we are leading a group. It's not a large group, a group of a dozen or 15, something like that. And she's seated next to me on the plane. And uh, we're trying to come to a place of peace. And she's telling me, this is the last time I'm ever going to do this. Don't you ever do this to me again. Don't, I mean, don't you ever do this to me again. I don't, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen her that frustrated, that angry. It, 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 it kind of made sense, but it didn't make sense. And I don't know, I'm just going to speak to all the men. I didn't know what to do. You ever feel that way? I didn't know what to say. Whatever I said was wrong. You know, hey, baby, it'll be okay. That wasn't going to cut it. On the plane, there was this lady that uh, somehow you just sense things in the spirit. And I just sensed this woman was a witch, witch doctor maybe. And I didn't know her, never met her, didn't know if she was going the same country we were going to, but she was on the plane. And um, I just never had a, a, a sense of peace about this woman. And there was a man that was traveling with her. And I didn't know they were traveling together at first. And so... The plane has to stop and refuel. We're not getting off, but it has to stop and refuel because it's, <laughs> it's a long way from Texas to Africa. And uh, Cindy and I are there. I- I'm trying to 
figure out what I can do to, to, help, to help her because she is a godly woman. Uh, and we are leading this group, and we know there's spiritual warfare uh, in ministry, period. When, when you go to Africa, the spiritual warfare is ratcheted up. And they told us to be prepared. I just didn't think it would start on the airplane. I thought it would start after we landed. And the man that was traveling, when we landed to refill, the man that was traveling with this woman that I sensed was a witch or a witch doctor, I, I don't say that lightly. There was something evil about this woman. This man looked at Cindy and growled, growled at her. True story. Now, there's more to it. I'm going to leave that right there. I'm going to come back to that later. I want to talk about spiritual authority and territory. I want to talk about what God has for you here in Mesquite in the Dallas area. I want us to look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. We read, then God blessed them. Is this going on the screen? It's on the screen. Fantastic. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Everyone say the word subdue. Subdue it. Have dominion. Say the word dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. After God created the world and everything we see, mankind, as you know, was the pinnacle of his creation. And he gave mankind a mandate. He gave Adam and Eve a mandate to fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Those are strong words. Subdue, have dominion. God told mankind to make the earth subservient to them. God placed man here. He placed him in the garden, but there was a whole world outside of the garden of Eden. And God told Adam and Eve, it was their responsibility to fill the earth and to subdue it, to make it subservient and have dominion over it. Now, along with that, there's a stewardship aspect. We have to be good stewards of the earth. So I don't believe God wanted them to pillage the earth, but he did want them to use the earth in a responsible way, use those resources, the water, the trees, the land in that, in, in that dominion and that uh, the authority and that, that territory that God wants us to have dominion over includes building buildings, domesticating animals, uh, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. As a matter of fact, not everyone understands this, but when you look around, you realize Everything we see comes from the earth. Everything. Well, the plastic, did that come from the earth? The stuff to make it did. What about electronics? Would you believe me if I told you that they start with something like sand called silicon or silica, and they melt it down, and that's what they make the wafers. It makes computer chips. It comes out of the earth. Everything we see automobiles, mobile phones, houses, skyscrapers, steel, aluminum, wood, doesn't make any difference. It all comes out of the earth, and God gave his dominion over the earth. That's pretty remarkable, really, isn't it? Listen, this is why. This, this, listen to this carefully. Don't miss this. This is why no matter your profession or your station in life, if you do it for the glory of God, it is holy and sacred. 
whether you're a nurse or a teacher or stay-at-home mom that works inside the home, please don't ever say, do you work outside the home because you work inside the home a lot. No matter what it is, whether you're retired even, you do that for the glory of God. So the point is the earth was given for man, given by Father God, not Mother Earth. You know, words matter. And uh, we, we ministered in Austin, as you heard, for 33 years. And Austin is, uh, they call it the third coast. You've heard about California and the East Coast, and Austin's the third coast. And they actually worship nature in Austin. That's really what they do. You know, it's a beautiful city, but it's a beautiful city in part because uh, they're so restrictive on what they allow that they want to protect the environment. And, and in doing so, they've created all kinds of issues. But anyway, let me, I don't want to get sidetracked on that. But the earth was given for man, given by Father God, not Mother Earth. Don't ever use the term Mother Earth. You don't see that in Scripture. I mean, I love the earth because it's God's creation, not because it's the mother of, of nature. It's not. God is the creator of all. Now, when Adam and Eve sinned, they forfeited their dominion. They really handed over the authority God gave them to the devil. And as a result of that, what happened in creation? Childbirth, travail and childbirth increased. Thorns and thistles would grow. Now, keep in mind, God ordained work before the fall. So Adam was going to work regardless, even before he sinned. But after he sinned, God said, in toil, you'll make a living. In toil and labor. And we get this sense that it's going to become much harder. And all this lays a foundation for what the Lord wants to say to us today. When sin entered the world, it created a division. And from that point on, there have been two kingdoms at war on earth. Adam and Eve opened the door to the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of Satan. And ever since then, the kingdom of Satan has been warring against the kingdom of God. If you agree with that, say amen. Here's what's interesting. The command God gave Adam and Eve has never been revoked. Sin didn't cancel out that commandment. Sin didn't negate the mandate. So here's the first thing I want us to see today. This mandate God gave mankind to Adam is still in effect today, especially for sons and daughters of God. That this mandate is in place in 2021. Now, if you're a son or daughter of God, raise your hand. Then this mandate applies to you today. You have a mandate from God to rule and reign over the earth. I want you to look at your neighbor. Could be your spouse, somebody behind you, in front of you. Just say, you have a mandate to rule and reign over the earth. You're supposed to rule over the earth Obviously, you can't do that alone, right? I can't subdue the earth by myself. You can't subdue the earth by yourself. That's why God also commanded Adam and Eve to multiply and fill the earth. And I just want to say, Sidney and I have done our part. Five kids, nine grandkids, we've done our part. You can pick it up and go from there. But here's, in all seriousness, if we miss this, then we're not doing what God wants us to do on earth. You have a mandate. I want you to raise your hands. I'm not going to ask you to raise your right hand and swear. I'm not going to raise your hands, and I want you to repeat after me. I accept God's mandate to subdue and have dominion over the earth. 
Amen. The original mandate as mankind multiplied and scattered over the earth that they would bring God's rule and reign on earth. That's why he said be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it. Now let's go to Acts chapter 17, verse 26. This is the New Century Version. It says, God began by making one person. We know that. He made Adam. And from him came all the different people who live everywhere in the world. We know that's true, right? We all know that. We hear that regularly. But the next part we don't always hear or we don't necessarily think about. Out of Adam, God created everyone. I love this the way that the New Century Version puts it. God decided exactly when and where they must live. Do you know that God decided when and where you would live? He decided when you would be born, the family you'd be born into. He actually decided where you were going to work, what you do with your life. And even where you reside right now, God in his sovereignty has directed your steps. And so you are here now, not sometime in the future. Well, you did live sometime in the past, but we're here right now and you have spheres of influence or territories that God has put under your authority. You, you have spheres of influence and territories that God has put. Maybe I should say that God has put the possibility of it being under your authority. And he wants you today in August of 2021 to actually exercise the authority he's given you and take dominion over it and bring the influence of the kingdom of God into your spheres of influence and territory. If you understand what I'm saying, just say amen. This is a high and holy calling. This is, this is more important than anything else we do in life is to be on target and on track with expanding God's kingdom. Now, there's different ways that we rule and reign over here, but and we have to keep in mind, we're going to rule and reign over nations when Jesus sets up his kingdom forever. And so what we do now is practice, right? We're practicing. And it's, it's not a, I, I don't want to make too much out of this, but if you don't rule and reign as God wants you to now, you're not going to be prepared to rule and reign in eternity, you know, you're, some of you look at me like, what? We're going to rule. We're going to rule over nations and over angels, the Bible says. And so what we do now is training. So it's vital to identify your territories. You've you got to know what they are. You have to know these spheres of influence, your family, where you work, your neighborhood, your community, society, relationships, government, church, education, the marketplace, media, arts. I preached a series years ago on the seven gates of the city. There's seven spheres of influence in the city of government, family, church, the marketplace, media, entertainment. Uh, so what are the other two, Cindy? Education and government. Did I say government already? Seven spheres of influence, gates of the city. And God calls his people to serve in those spheres of influence. We were just at general counsel. This is incredible. There was a special guest. We heard a little bit who was coming, but they didn't publicize it because of security. The former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, was at district council, I mean, general counsel Friday night. Mike Pompeo. I remember seeing him on TV. Secretary of state under, uh, under Donald Trump. I never saw the man smile on TV. 
I mean, this, this is serious business, right? You got to be careful what you say, the decisions you make and everything. And here he is sitting at general council in front of thousands of assembly God ministers talking about being born again and Jesus being his Lord and Savior and how on the way into work every day he would pray specifically, God, direct me today. Give me wisdom today. Show me what I need to do, the decisions. You know what I'm going to face before I face it and you're going to have to direct me. You know what he was doing? He was exercising dominion in the sphere of influence that God gave him. Listen, this guy is a committed Christian. Incredible. But you have the same opportunity and the same responsibility. Now, you've raised your hand and you've said, I have a mandate to rule and reign over the sphere of influence and over the territory God has given me. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take out a piece of paper. And as I continue to preach, I want you to start writing down what those are. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. What are those spheres of influence? Are you part of a a neighborhood group? Or maybe you need to start one. Are you part of mothers or preschoolers? Or maybe you need to start one. Your work, your place of employment. Because this is the second thing I want us to see. I think the Lord wants us to see. You're here in the Metroplex here and now by God's design to subdue and have dominion. God put you here now. Listen, this is by God's design that he's given Trinity Life Church property on Beltline Road. I don't know what the miracle story of this is, but this is pretty remarkable, folks. This isn't off the beaten path somewhere in the middle of nowhere. This is on a busy street right on the edge of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And God, by his authority and by his plan, has put you here. It's by his sovereignty he determined when and where you would live with the mandate to rule over your territory. It's not only where you live, it's where you work. It's where your children go to school. Do you, do you believe we need godly families taking authority and exercising dominion over elementary schools, over middle schools? Absolutely we do. You know what happens when we don't do that? The enemy does. You see, we've, we've, we've rested on the fact that we're a Judeo-Christian nation and Judeo-Christian principles, which allowed us to coast for a while. But the truth is, we disengaged years ago, and now we're reaping the fruit of that. And now we've got to step it up and exercise the authority that God has given us. Your authority also is just not just where you work, where you live, and where your children go to school it's where you visit and where you go. You know, how many of you believe God directs your steps daily? I believe God directs our steps. Cindy and I, we took some time off after district council, and uh, we were away in a, in, a, in a country. It was the only country that would let U.S. citizens come during the pandemic, country of Montenegro. And uh, we, uh, we picked it as a consolation because we couldn't go anywhere else, and we just wanted to disconnect from everything. As it turned out, it was the most beautiful place we've ever been to. It was incredible. This, this bay, the Bay of Kotor, K-O-T-O-R, little villages that still had the medieval walls around them and, uh, and beautiful mountains that came right down to the water. We believe God directed our steps. And so when Cindy met a young lady named Jolly, who had been hit by a car a few years before and was paralyzed, we knew that God wanted us to influence his dominion and authority. 
And so Cindy befriended Jolly and still takes, uh, still keeps in touch with her even now. And so, uh, Jolly, I don't know if you're watching, but if you are, we want you to know we're still praying for you and believing that God is going to heal you. Because the first thing, the first area of the authority is we need to make sure that she's a follower of Jesus, that she belongs to the family of God. You see, it wouldn't make any, it wouldn't really help that physical healing if your spirit is still dead in sin, right? And so anyway, so wherever you go, and I don't know where God leads you or, or where he directs you, but not only do you have this mandate, but I want you to raise your hands again and repeat this after me, okay? Raise your hands and repeat, saying, I am here in the Metroplex in 2021 by God's intentional plan and design. God determined where people live and when they should live. That's what Acts 17 tells us. Now, if I stopped here, I would really do us a disservice because there's another reality. Not only that God's given us a mandate and God put you here and now by his design and divine purpose, but... but uh, there's something else. I went into Whole Foods one time. Uh, I've been there multiple times, but I had a staff member with me and went to Whole Foods. We were going to grab something to eat. They had tables where you could sit down and eat. And my notes keep uh, turning off, so I have to make sure that they don't. So we got our food, and we were making our way to a table, walked by, and there's two ladies, an older lady in her 40s and a young lady who looked like in her early 20s. And the older lady had these large cards that she was turning over one at a time and had really weird symbols on them. And I knew immediately they were uh, tarot cards. Anybody know what tarot cards are? People use them to read the future, to, to, define, to, to divine things or whatever, but, but it's not godly. It's not righteous. It's evil. It's, it's really of the devil, just like the horoscopes really are of the devil, um, Voodoo, uh, I could go on and on and on, but witchcraft. Uh, interesting, I was praying for a, a lady uh, in, in our church one time, and she needed prayer, and I went to pray for her, and I heard, the, I heard this strange word, makumba. I've never heard that word before in my life, makumba. So I said, okay, uh, what do I do with that? Just ask her about it, the Holy Spirit said. So I said, I want to pray with you, but uh, I heard this word makumba. Does that mean anything? Man, she started opening up and sharing. As it turns out, Macumba is like uh, voodoo and witchcraft in South America where she's from. And people had put dead chickens on their front doorstep of their house to put curses against their family and all of that. Now, all of a sudden, we know where this root is. And so we began to pray and come against that. So anyway, in the, I, I may get back to Whole Foods. So in this, in this Whole Foods, there's this, and something rose up in me. Said this this is my territory. This isn't right. That this young lady should be influenced for the devil by the devil in a city that God's called me to bring light. And so I sat down, we went ahead and had lunch, and I told the staff member, I said, I'm not gonna be able to leave without going over there and saying something. Now, I don't know how you operate. I I I I tried to be sensitive to the spirit. I, I didn't go over there and raise my voice and call fire down from heaven. I didn't do that. Uh, I did exactly what I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to do. So I went over to the table. The staff member went with me. 
And I just stood there and I said, excuse me, I, I just, uh, afterwards, Cindy, Cindy said, you should have told her that there's a spirit that speaks to you. And the spirit told you something to say. That's true. It's the Holy Spirit. She would understand spirits, but uh, I wasn't that sharp or that quick on my feet. But here's what I said to her. I said, yeah, I, I know you don't know me, but I'm, I'm a pastor in the city. And I felt the Holy Spirit told me to come tell you, or God told me, told me to come tell you, that if you'll go home and read the book of John in a Bible, you'll find the answers you're looking for. You're not going to find them here. And um, I didn't acknowledge the other lady, didn't address her. She was just as shocked as I was that I was probably doing this. And uh, I asked her if she had a Bible, and she said she did. And with that, that I left. Now, I don't know what happened after that, but here's what I do know. That was a territory, that was a sphere of influence that God had given me as a pastor in my city. And I couldn't just idly sit by and let this girl be led in a demonic way. And I'm, I prayed for her for some time after that. And so this is the third thing that we're going to understand today. There is something in the spiritual realm that wants to rule over your territory. You see, God's given you a mandate, and he's placed you here and now, given you spheres of influence, but there are other forces that really want to rule and reign over your territory. I think Reese would tell you that's what was happening in his life before he came to Christ, right? Something else was ruling and reigning in his life. Ephesians 6.12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I want you to raise your hands. I want you to repeat this after me. There are spiritual forces trying to prevent me from subduing and taking dominion over my territory. So let me get back to that, that uh, story uh, in Uganda on the plane over. This man turns to Cindy and growls at her. Now, what you think would happen is that we would be filled with fear. Oh, my God, this woman's a witch. That God demon just growled through him. I mean, it was just, but here's what happened. <laughs> All of a sudden, we recognized that the devil overplayed his hand. Everything that Cindy was struggling against wasn't flesh and blood. It wasn't just being spent from having people in our home at Christmas. This was a demonic assignment to intimidate her, to defeat her, to keep her from getting on that plane or to keep her from ministering once she arrived in Africa. But once that man growled and it's like God pulled the curtain back and we both recognized, oh my God, this is demonic. We took authority over it. Everything changed. Everything changed. Cindy went to sleep on that, on that flight. God gave her incredible spiritual dreams. I think it's as a result of understanding that this was a spiritual attack because the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That man wasn't the problem. It was the demon working behind him. Can I tell you, that person is not the problem. It's the spiritual forces behind them. 
Now, that's a fine line. How do you confront the spiritual forces without confronting the person? Sometimes it's not possible to separate those, but sometimes it is. So once that happened, we knew that we knew that we knew God had ordained us to go to Uganda. We participated in a New Year's Eve prayer service that had over 80,000 people in attendance. Can you, can you imagine that? It's incredible. And we had an evangelist friend. I, I, I was privileged to speak to, for, uh, for a short time at that, at that prayer meeting, this all-night prayer meeting. We had an evangelist friend from the U.S. that joined us. And, and he, he was up there, and he did a great job preaching. And he wanted to pray and lay hands on people because if you're a minister, you really love to do that. You love to pray with people. You love to lay hands on people. And our host said, no, no, you can't do that. And he said, I want to go down on the ground and, and call people forward. No, 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 you can't do that. And our host got a little more adamant. And their evangelist friend said, why not? And our friend said, because they will crush you. The crowd, 80,000 people, so many responding, so many needs. He said, you can pray for them, but you stand right here on the stage and pray for them. Don't you dare get off the stage because they could crush you. So just an incredible experience. The spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm. Earlier, I said everything we see comes from the earth. It does. Concrete made from stuff that comes out of the earth. Chairs, clothes. Isn't it amazing? They grow a plant called cotton. They take the little bulbs and stretch it out and take the seeds out of it and make it into thread and weave it into... It's remarkable, isn't it? Everything we see comes from the earth, but there's a greater reality than what we see. 2 Corinthians 4 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, is working for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So Ephesians 6.12 says, that we wrestle not against flesh or blood. Both these scriptures together are telling us there is an unseen spiritual realm at work trying to rule over the territory God has given you the responsibility to rule over. You know, the Ephesians 6, powers and principalities, the root word of principalities, prince. We understand what a prince is, don't we? So principalities, powers, rulers, uh, host in the, the wicked play, uh, wicked. Well, let me say, what, what does the scripture say? <laughs> Against spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Some, some people think this describes a hierarchy in the, in the spiritual realm. And, and, and I agree with them. I believe at some level there's a hierarchy being revealed to us here that you have princes and powers and rulers and hosts and all of this. And Jesus said, you know, unless you bind the strong man, you can't take the spoils, right? You have to bind the strong man first. And so the strong man is different than just someone who comes in to steal. There's a, a strong man. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment right now. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you clarity, to give you clarity in situations and instances 
that maybe you thought it was a person or you didn't recognize there were spiritual forces at work or maybe you did, but I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to your mind how he has been using you or wants to use you so you can take the territory that God has given you. Would you just do that right now, Holy Spirit? Every person in this room, even children, there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. And you've given us your spirit, and I pray that you would speak to all of us, that you would show us where our territory is. Those spheres of that you would give us supernatural insight right now. God, that boss is not the problem. It's the spiritual forces behind. That family member, it's not the problem. It's the principalities and powers that work behind them. Lord, that city council, that's not the problem. It's the principalities and powers that are working behind them. God, I pray that you would open our understanding, open our spiritual eyes now. You're doing that for men and women so they can see what they haven't seen before, so they can understand what they haven't understood before, that there is a spiritual realm that wants to rule over the territory you've given us. And here's the fourth and final thing that I want us to, uh, I think the Holy Spirit wants us to see today. This is the best. So what do we do with this information? Do we, do we hide? Do we flee? Do we tremble? No, because Jesus has given you authority over this enemy. Is that how it says? Jesus has given you authority over the enemy. You have nothing to fear. You know what happens many times? We fear because we don't recognize what's going on. We, we get afraid because our eyes are on what's seen and not what is unseen. You know, and, and I know, I, I don't want to make too big a thing out of this, but I know sometimes, you know, we, we pray for Jesus to come. Can I tell you, Jesus is with you wherever you go. You bring Jesus with you, and, and demons hate that. They hate that. You know, th think of, think of the, the, the demoniac man that when Jesus just stood on the shore, Jesus hadn't addressed him, hadn't said anything, wasn't preaching. And, but these demons, this man comes and bows down and cries out, you know, don't torment us, et cetera. You know, you're the most high God. Demons know who Jesus is. And they know who Jesus is in you. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Matter of fact, if it's up there, I want us to read it out loud together. Can we do that? Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You know, you're here because of God's grace. The devil would have killed you already if you could have. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy but, but God's mercies were not consumed. He's not letting the devil do that. Not only is he not letting the devil consume us or kill us, he's equipped us to defeat the devil. He's equipped us by his power and authority. I want us to do it again, and I want you to put your name where it says you. <coughs> you can say me, or you can say your name. Let's just say me. Uh, behold, I... I give Kermit, I give Cindy, I put your name in there. I give the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by shall any means hurt you. This is incredible. It's incredible.
Let me ask you a question. What's the opposite of light? Dark. What's the opposite of good? Bad or evil, right? What's the opposite of God? See, we tend to see the devil. But can I tell you, God has no opposite. You know, didn't we sing a song, You Have No Rival, earlier? Maybe, but you, there is a song. You have no rival, you have no equal. God has no. To say the devil is the opposite of God is saying that I'm a rival against Usain Bolt in a 100 meter dash. We're not even in the same category. You understand what I'm saying? The devil's a created being. God created him and he rebelled. He is not the equal and opposite, but he deceives us at times and we live like it or we act like it. And in doing so, we actually give him authority that he never should have. And God wants us to recognize that he's given us the authority. He's giving us the power in his name and he's commanding us to bring his kingdom's influence on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to raise your hands. Repeat this after me. God has given me authority over evil, demons, princes of darkness, powers, witchcraft, spells, curses, and the devil. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you believe that when you declared that. God has given you. Let, 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 me, let me begin to conclude here if I can do that. Um, I, I, did anybody, does anybody have a, a, a birthday today? Anybody have a birthday this week? Let me see. I'm going to hang, hang on just a second. I'm going to take some money out of my wallet. Okay, I have a $50 bill here, okay? Somebody's going to get this $50 bill. Okay, who, who has a birthday this week? Anybody? You can't. <laughs> I'll be born again right now. It'll be my spiritual birthday. Anybody have an anniversary this week? Really? Fantastic. How many years? 38 years. That's fantastic. Okay. So here's a $50 bill and here's my debit card. Now, now I, I can just tell you there's a lot more than $50 in my today, thank God. There's more than that in there. So which one would you like? Oh, there's a pin. Oh, you you want the card if you get the pin number. So you want the card with the authority to use it, right? Unfortunately, you're going to get the fifty dollars. But anyway, there you are. Congratulations! Can we wish them a congratulate them on happy anniversary? But let's not miss the point. God didn't give us a fifty dollar bill. God gave us his debit card, and he gave us the pin. It's J-E-S-U-S. He gave us the access to his resources. And every time we call upon his resources and it's in his name and it's in his will and it's in line, he gives us the authority to do what he wants us to do on earth. The challenge is we have to live like it. We have to believe it. We have to do it. We have to walk it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me, let me let me conclude with this, and then uh, can someone come and just play quietly? Is that is that possible? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the key to this is intimacy with Jesus, just like Jesus intimacy with the Father. Jesus said, 
I don't do anything except I see the Father do it. I don't say anything except I hear the Father say it. That's an interesting concept if you think about it, isn't it? So what that means, when Jesus went to heal somebody, he had heard the Father or he had seen the Father in the spirit realm doing that. So this is why our relationship with Christ is so important. He's given us the tools. He's given us the foundation. He's given us the mandate. It's for today. What we don't want to happen is to step into a situation like the sons of Sceva in the New Testament. These guys saw people use Jesus' name to, to cast out demons. They had no relationship with Jesus whatsoever. And if you haven't read the story, I'm going to tell you, these, these guys, they're called the sons of Sceva, they go to cast out a demon. And here's what the demon said to them. The demon spoke to them. Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Well, I don't want everyone to hear those words in the spiritual realm. They had no relationship. And the story is that that demon through that man overpowered them. And the Bible says, I think they, they left wounded, maybe naked, and fled. They were, they were beat up horribly because they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. You know, sometimes we have to, we have to take, I remember one time on a Wednesday night in a prayer meeting, we just gotten word that a lady in our church had drowned. She was with her son at uh, Schlitterbahn, and she had, she had a seizure or something, and she went under the water and went around a couple of times before the lifeguard saw her. When they pulled her out, she was blue. I mean, it was happening at that moment, and we began to pray. And I, I don't know that I can fully understand this, but somehow we got a hold of heaven. We rebuked the spirit of death. This is a single mom that had come to Jesus. She'd been following Jesus for about three years, and God had transformed her life. We, we didn't pray quietly. We lifted our voices. We didn't pray kindly. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that makes sense. We weren't like, devil, would you please leave her alone? We were like, in the name of Jesus, we command the spirit of death to get off of her. We speak life over her in Jesus' name. As she's going to the hospital, God, we speak life over her. We come against the assignment of death against her. I mean, we lift her our voices. And you know what? She came back to life. And the next day, one of the EMT came to see her. And he said, I just had to come see because I was there. You were gone. And they told me that you came back. I just had to come see. You're a miracle. And she said, I know. But sometimes we don't have to yell. We don't have to. Sometimes we just say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this attack against my child. I command you, Satan, to loose your grip. I don't come in my name. I come in the name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who stripped you of your power. It's a relationship with Christ. Out of that flows, you'll know when it's time to ratchet it up and when it's time just to quietly declare. You know when it's time to confront and when it's time to declare Scripture, maybe in the background. But the greatest thing you can do is give your life to Christ first. None of this happens if you don't belong to Jesus. And 
I don't know, maybe everyone here is a believer, but I, I'm not going to assume that. If you've not given your life to Jesus, I'm going to tell you, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. You have to count the cost. You don't come to Jesus to make your life better. You come to Jesus because you're headed to hell and you don't want to go to hell. Can I just tell you, sometimes if we tell people to come to Jesus to make their life better, that's a bait and switch. We're not doing them a favor. We're actually inoculating them to the gospel because they, they say a prayer and then life doesn't necessarily get better. So if you're here, I just want to encourage I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to tell you, you can come talk to me or one of the pastors. If you've not surrendered your life to Jesus, it's not just praying a prayer. It's walking in surrender. I want you to do that. How many of you would say, Pastor Reese, I realize it's 12, but I do have something the Holy Spirit's given me, and so if that's okay, I want to take a few extra minutes because this may be for some that are watching us online as well. And how many of you would say, I, I, I want to say yes to what the Holy Spirit's saying to us today. I, I want to I take authority over the territory God has given me. I want to see what he sees. And I want you just to stand up if you're just accepting that challenge. And, and I'm just going to pray over you. Jesus in you is greater than you realize. The power of God working through you is, is greater than you realize. I'm always amazed that God uses weak, broken vessels. But when he does, he gets the glory. The authority of Jesus is greater than you realize. Father, I thank you for this incredible congregation. And those that are watching online, those that are here in this room. And we say yes to the assignment you've given us. God, we, we say yes to the mandate to, to subdue and have dominion. We say enough of letting the devil run wild. We say enough to letting his, his devices and his power work against us. God, we say yes. And we mark off this territory, this physical land that you have given and those five acres, we claim that, that closing that's coming for the glory of God. And we, we march off in the spiritual realm. We mark off this acreage and declare this is a place where people are going to come, get transformed. They're going to be empowered. They're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're going to be empowered by, by the authority of the Word. And they're going to go out and they're going to take the territory God has ordained that they take. It's going to be a place of equipping, not just a hospital, a training center, not just an emergency room, boot camp. God, you're going to use it for your glory. And, and we simply say yes, Lord. To whatever you would have us do, we say yes. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated just, just for a few moments. At times I ask the Lord, Lord, do you have, uh, do you have any special words uh, that you want to say to the church? And, and I don't always, he may always be saying, I don't always hear, you know. But uh, I wrote these down yesterday as we were on the plane. I was just taking time to say, Holy Spirit, you know, you know the people. You know these are your people. So I just have several things, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and respond if this applies to you. 
at the end, I will ask if any of them apply to you. And I recognize that some of them may be online, but I just want to be obedient to the Lord. And let me just tell you, I, I don't hear perfectly. So um, I'm not saying thus says the Lord. I'm just saying these are impressions that I got from the Holy Spirit. I felt like the Lord said there's somebody here who's considering moving to a different neighborhood or a different area. And the Lord says you really need to pray over that decision. It may be that the Lord wants you to stay and take dominion over where you are rather than move out because the neighborhood's changing. Second thing, I, I felt like there's a business owner or a partner struggling, the business is struggling, coming out of COVID. Uh, I, I don't know that it's the, the business is in danger of closing, but I sense it was struggling. And now there's this resurgence that's uh, coming, these variants, and we don't know what's going to happen there. And I felt the, the Lord say, pivot. I just heard the word pivot. That this is an opportunity for the business to pivot. P-I-V-O-T. And I'm not going to try to expand on that. Um, I don't want to presume anything, but if that's for you, one of you or someone watching, you'll know what that word means. The Lord says there's an opportunity to pivot the business. I felt like there was a young person, a young adult wondering about the future. And the Lord says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your heart and mind. And, and I know sometimes young people, we, we, I just called myself young. Isn't that awesome? That's prophetic right there. Anyway, sometimes young people feel like, I, I, I've got to know. I've got to know where I'm going to be in five years. I've got to know where I'm going to be. I've got to know. Really, all you have to know is the next step that God has given you. If God gives you a five-year plan, fantastic. But don't try to fabricate one. You know, God's never done that for my life, by the way. It's just been a life of obedience. I just kept saying yes to every door God opened. Yes, yes, yes. And so if that's you, as a young adult or a young person, one step at a time, just pray and step into the opportunity that the Lord will bring you one step at a time. I feel like there's someone who's really terrified with COVID. I know all of us have some concerns, but sometimes that goes over into, into a, an unhealthy fear. And I don't know if it's because you have underlying health issues or, or whatever, but uh, this, this, this fear is not a natural fear. The, the word I heard was terrified. Terrified. And the Lord just says, just be at peace. You're his child. Just be at peace. Use wisdom, but don't stop living. Use wisdom, but don't let fear control. I feel like there's somebody that God has blessed you. You're a faithful steward. You've been faithful to the resources he's entrusted to you, but you're worried about what other people think. The Lord wants you to be free from that. In just a moment, when we pray, he's going to show you the root of that, by the way. He's going to show you the root of that, uh, that fear or that shame-based concern. And when he does, it's connected to an incident. And as a result, you believe the lie. That's really the key. You have believed a lie. And God's going to show you that lie. And here's how you respond. You're going to repent for believing the lie and confess that and declare, I'm the Lord's servant. And I'm going to give an account to him, not everybody else. 
and you're going to walk as a faithful steward and not be ashamed or fear what God has blessed you with. And then one more, infertility. Uh, you heard me say that we have five children. We had zero children for six years. And we walked through that valley of infertility, and it's a, it's a tough let me just say to the, to the husbands, if your wife is walking through that, it's much tougher for them than it is for us as men. They were designed to reproduce. They were designed to carry a baby. And it's so woven into the fabric of who they are that the inability to do that cuts to the very, their very identity. I'm just saying it's hard and we have to be compassionate. I, I, I learned to be more compassionate. But because we've walked through that, the Lord has given us faith to believe. And so uh, I asked Cindy, who are some of the people we prayed for that uh, God has, that we call them miracle babies. And we remember Florence. Florence has a miracle baby who's now 17. (laughs) Uh, Rachel had miracle twins. Laura has a miracle baby after years of infertility. Brenda, many, many miscarriages, ended up having three children. And, And there's others. Those are the ones I could just think of. And so... Cindy is going to be available to pray for you. If you're a couple, uh, that's fine. If you're online, you can probably reach out to the church and maybe they can give us the information if you're comfortable and we'll pray with you. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you know who we are, where we are. And just in these closing moments, I wanted to give you, an, I wanted to be obedient since the Lord, I've been obedient. And I'm just going to ask you if you're here, or if you're watching online, if any of those words apply to you, just simply stand up. I'm not going to ask you to say anything. I'm not going to ask you which one applies to you. Just simply stand up. And I'm just going to pray over you. And if you are watching online, just simply stand where you are, where you're watching. And we're going to come into agreement. The Lord didn't share these words. The Holy Spirit didn't share these words to leave you where you are. He did this to build your faith. He did this to strengthen and encourage you. So what we're going to do right now, I want everyone to pray together. Those that are standing, you you don't have to pray. uh, But we're praying for you. And we're going to pray for those that are online, even though we can't see them. I want everyone here to do what we just learned today. I want us to take the authority God's given us. And I want us to declare his will and his way. So let's all pray together. In the name of Jesus. Father, we take the authority that you've given Jesus who gave us the authority and it's in his name and in his power. We declare there is no greater authority. There is no greater power. And so, Lord, for those that these situations that I'm not going to go through again, those that were listening heard them and they're responding. And Lord, I simply ask that as they respond, you would intervene. Lord, that you would release understanding, that you would release wisdom right now, that you would release faith right now, that you would heal old wounds right now in Jesus' name, that you would open up the womb in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just keep praying for a few minutes, church. I'd like for everyone to stand if you would, and let's just lift our voices together. If you want to pray in the Spirit, there's power, there's incredible power in praying in tongues. Uh, Feel free to do that in the name of Jesus. Lord, for the business that is going to pivot, I pray 
it would be done for your glory. It's not for man. It's going to be done for your glory. For the young person that's looking for direction, God, one step at a time, they're going to say yes. You're going to give them enough to say yes to take the next step. And they're going to trust you with the other steps. God, we pray that you would intervene in all of these situations and declare your name is the name of all names. That your power is above all power. And that your authority is greater than any other authority. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.